Welcome to Alec Across the States. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. Today, we're going to be talking about content moderation, especially when it comes to Facebook. What is it? What does it mean? And how does it get dealt with? Specifically, this new thing called the Facebook Oversight Board. They look at content appeals. To discuss this, we have Cato Vice President John Samples joining in, who was recently appointed to this board. John, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Of course. And joining us for all of our technology uh, policy discussions here on Alec Across the States is Jonathan Howenchild, Alec Director of the Communications and Technology Task Force, as well as our Homeland Security Task Force. Jonathan, thank you so much for calling in. Hey, great to be here. Looking forward to this discussion and uh, helping educate the state legislators on uh, what the problem is and how Facebook has a novel approach. Yeah, so that's a great way to start it off. Um, John, can you talk to our listeners about the problem, uh, let's call it? So what is the problem? What's going on that these boards or this board specifically was had to be created for? Sure. It goes to the question of uh, content moderation. Uh, and that requires a, just a really quick back uh, page, I think. So when social media first arrived uh, 10 or 15 years ago, it really came across with the, it was really exciting and it remains exciting. And it's because gatekeeping was in a sense going away. In fact, that was one of the uh, arguments of the dominant or rising social media. Uh, it turned out over time that for a variety of reasons, including legal reasons, but also uh, as matters of policy for the companies that own social media platforms, they wanted to moderate the content on them. And roughly speaking, that means two general things. One is it means they have to identify and uh, remove from the platform some kinds of content. They're certainly required to do that. Uh, with illegal content, uh, but they also went beyond illegality and uh, had policies against uh, other kinds of content, which they removed. The other thing they do is I think of as a kind of editing, but uh, it's often called downranking. What it means basically is that they can arrange it such that fewer people see content. Uh, they can also do things that fit into providing more speech I would say about content. That is, they point people to other sources, mostly about uh, you know controversial policy issues or other other matters. So they don't take the content down or block you from seeing it. They just say, "Hey, there's official for organizations or other forms of uh, knowledge over here. Why don't you take a look at that? You should be aware of this, right?" Now, you may think about all of this, wait a minute, what's wrong here? The federal government can't do that, and I'm a state legislature. I, I can't, uh, you know, we could pass a bill to do that in a public forum out in the street somewhere that sort of takes down speech. But if we do that, you know, we're pretty aware that the court's going to strike that down because the United States has something called the First Amendment uh, that does not allow abridging the freedom of speech. So that's the other uh, point I would make here is, for some time, uh, for various reasons, particularly for the courts, uh, the Supreme Court, for the last 50 years or so, it's been the general sense of the court that uh, actually the First Amendment doesn't apply to these private platforms or private companies in general. So that, uh, in fact, they have the power under the Constitution to police these platforms 
And so the content moderation I was talking about, in fact, is supported by the U.S. courts. And there's been other things. Congress itself has supported this role for the social media. Now, of course, it's controversial. It's becoming a bigger issue, I think, over time. And that's what led to the Oversight Board. It's an attempt to provide some external route, some kind of process, not legal process, but it looks a lot like a legal process for people who have had their content moderated. They've had content taken down. They've had something happen to it. Uh, So Facebook is trying to set up, and they went through a legal process of setting up a trust to set up an independent organization that will help essentially what we're Uh, the board is hopefully what it will do is help take Facebook's rules and its values and apply them uh, in an independent way to the uh, actual decisions Facebook, the company, is making. So remember, nobody on the board works for Facebook. It's an independent corporation that is funded by Facebook, but the funding's already there. It can't be taken back. So this is an effort to deal with this novel situation. Uh, And I think it's a good effort for the following reason, because the alternative in my own mind is we continue with the system we've had, which many people are dissatisfied with, or what I see coming down the road is uh, government intervention. And I'm not so sure that the courts are going to completely back up the companies. They might. But in general, I just, like many people, listening to this, I get really kind of concerned, for sure, if government gets involved in speech. And I should say government gets involved in directing businesses to do this or that, rather than what the business thinks it should do. So this board seems to me a sort of center place between a status quo that people are dissatisfied with in some respects, and what looks to me like an inevitable tendency toward government getting involved. Uh, If this board can work, we can have a kind of civil society, a non-governmental solution to some of these problems. I don't think it's the only solution, by the way, for social media, but at least it would be one, and it's an experiment, I think, worth taking part in. I think that's a a very wise and interesting way to describe it. It's pretty interesting to see something like this that, you know, you're rightly describing as a non-governmental model. Jonathan, can you talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, maybe why it's necessary? And then maybe John can talk to us a little bit about how the group might work or maybe how it's set up to work. Yeah, broadly, it's necessary because these platforms allow individual users to post content. Some of that content or most of that content, a lion's share of that content is perfectly harmless. You know, cute cat videos, um, videos of your pet, your, your grandkids, in my parents' case or her Perkins, in my sister-in-law's case, most of it is completely harmless. A very small minority is either illegal or is otherwise harmful or is something that the company doesn't want on the platform. Extreme violence comes to mind or, or particular posts that are overly harassing or something like that. And they've created what they call community standards, what's allowed and not allowed on their platforms. And they have teams of people and also automated software that review the posts that have been flagged. Some of them stay up, some of them are taken down as violations. That's what most people think of when they hear the term content moderation. It's necessary because platforms are a reflection 
of human life and human behavior. There's a lot of good actors. There's some bad actors. So you see bad content on, and the platforms don't want that bad content on their platforms. And the solution for them is to remove that content, and it's allowed by law. Actually, it's encouraged by law. And the volume of content moderation can be a particular problem. Uh, I I checked a while back, and I know it's substantially more now, but for example, YouTube, there are approximately a 1,000 hours of video uploaded every I believe it's every minute, might be every hour to YouTube. A thousand is every, at the very least, every hour, if not every minute. There's something like, I believe it was 500 million tweets a day. And Facebook posts, there's, I believe it's in the hundreds of millions of status updates a day. It is just a huge task. And the content moderation is done in part by humans, in part by AI, and in part a mix. Each company has a different approach, and and Facebook has this novel approach. And I I would like to hear more about why Facebook thought it was necessary, how Facebook decided to set it up, and and what the structure of the board is. Sure. Uh, That was great comments. I think all very true. If I had to say one, I'll tell you what I think, why Facebook did it, and I'll tell you why I think Facebook did it, which are slightly different stories, but I think both have some truth to them. I think they did it because they became aware that the business model, the success of the firm, uh, ultimately depended on content moderation had to be done. That if you didn't do the content moderation, and remember the business model of Facebook and social media, these two-sided platforms, is to bring people to a place and at that point also you sharpen the advertising, you make for better ads for them, and that's where the revenue comes from. So if nobody shows up on the platform, then there's no ads to be sharpened. There's no ads to be better information for advertising, and your business fails. So I think the idea was if you don't keep off some of it, some of it's illegal that they, they have to deal with, but beyond that, there's legal stuff that would be legal in the public forum uh, that nonetheless would drive everybody off the platform, right? And I think there's also the moral thing that a lot of them just didn't want uh, t- to be amplifying this material. But I think my view is that this was a crucial business decision. To make this thing work, you had to have content moderation. Okay, but there's a second problem, which is if content moderation is for someone like Facebook, is seen as unfair or biased in a lot of ways or done, uh, or even done, I really have to say, inconsistently, there's going to be, uh, you're going to have a problem with getting it to be considered legitimate. So the word legitimacy starts showing up in 2019 and what Facebook says. And what that means is they have to take stuff down, but they want people to think the process of having done that is legitimate. Well, if you've got a situation where you get something taken down, and then you don't know why, and so on. That's a problem. The second thing is, you know, if you can call someone who knows someone at Facebook, and then they talk to the content managers, and the stuff goes back up, that's not a legitimate process either. It's like everybody who knows is twice removed from Facebook can get their stuff back, and then everyone else is frustrated because they don't understand why this happened. Uh, so you've got to have a public process, a transparent process, and it's got to be something people can believe in, right? 
So that's what led to this. This, And they put a lot of money in this process and really tried. Remember, 3 billion people use this uh, social media. It's an international entity, so it's really hard to do. Now, the structure is, is an appeals process. People who have their stuff, their posts taken down, uh, can appeal that. And then there's a process being set up and a procedure and software where you can write out why you think this doesn't violate the community standards that, w- that was mentioned before. And then goes to the oversight board. The oversight board has a staff that picks out the cases that are just like the Supreme Court, that have the broadest impact or pressing or most important, right? And so we don't know how many cases are, go- are going to be. Uh, it's going to be slow first, I think, and then maybe quick. There's going to be lots of cases in 2021. What happens then is we have 20 members. Eventually, there'll be 40 members. Five members of the of uh, the board are selected at random to hear the appeal. And the appeal is basically the idea that content moderators made a mistake. This doesn't violate community standards. It should be put back up. and Or they didn't make a mistake. This, in fact, violates community standards and should stay down. Now, the interesting thing about this is Facebook has, as a matter of public record, bow and agreements have bound themselves to carry out the decision. So even if they don't like the decision, they are going to carry it out, right? And so that'll be a crucial element going down the line uh, about, and also I think they will, you know, generalize it as much as possible. There's some questions about uh, the technical issues about generalizing it, but I think there's a certain desire to do that. So we'll see. The board will be like, uh, will write a opinion about, about the appeal, and that will become a kind of common law for Facebook, social media, community standards, constitutional law, whatever you want to call it, it's going to develop through time. Now, there's no dissents in these opinions. There, mm. the, at the beginning, there's a struggle for, they want, there's a, want, a desire to have consensus. But there's also a sense that if there are dissents, they should be noted in the opinion. And I would imagine reasons are given why the dissent ultimately didn't win majority. Now, hopefully, mm. the desire is to have five zero votes because people can agree about this. Now, one last thing is, on top of this, there is another process, which is a majority of the board, say 11 members now, can uh, overturn that, can say, let's go back and have another panel look at that. So actually, in a sense, we'll be reading every opinion because you'll want to see like whether or not this should go again and be some mistake has been made if a majority believes that a panel decision is uh, needs to be rethought. That process is in there too. So it's not just who you get by random on your panel. They have to be considerate of uh, the views of the entire board, I think, ultimately, at least a majority. So it's a, it looks American, doesn't it? I mean, in some ways, in the sense, there's a lot, there's a lot of procedure. There's a lot of, uh, it looks like an American legal process. Dare we say checks and balances. Dare we use the buzzword. Well, you know, this is an interesting thing. This came in part came out of scholarship where the people who suddenly started around 2013 or 14 and said, look, these guys are making all kinds of decisions about what stays up. Isn't that like, you know, like the government or something? Yeah. 
And those people would go through that argument and they would recognize it wasn't the government, but they would say, yeah, the problem here is Facebook has too much, you know, Madison's term, all powers concentrated in one branch here. Mm -hmm. So the board is, in a sense, an attempt to create a branch that is has some separation from Facebook itself. Sure. Yeah. That does kind of bring us near the end of our segment today. We've been having a great conversation today discussing uh, the new oversight board at Facebook with Cato Vice President John Samples. But before we really close out, John... Most people who listen to Alec across the states are, are state legislators. They're people who are super interested in state policy, like Jonathan, or they're just you know average Joes who are trying to stay in uh, in tune with what's going on in their in their state house. Uh, what's your message to them? What's the the takeaway for a state legislator or someone interested in state policy? I would say that particularly for those who are more concerned about limited government, that. This is an example of that. We don't want, uh, and I don't, actually, I think as a matter of First Amendment law, you can't actually have government regulation of speech on Facebook or the way Facebook uh, moderates that speech. I, and I think that's a good thing because that's a limit on government. I think w- one thing I would want, it's certainly, there's a lot of controversy about everything in American politics now. I would say to everyone, Watch what we do, see what you think about it, see if it's transparent, see if, you know, you're not going to agree with every decision the board makes. But remember, nobody is going to agree with every decision. The real question is, does it seem like this is a process that makes this workable? And keeping in mind that the next alternative of just Facebook making the decisions or government making the decisions is maybe not really good at all. Can is this something we can live with? Is it is one of those institutions that you know that uh, we may not love, but I would hope we, eventually everyone loves us. But <laughs> that may be too high for any uh, uh, any institution, public or private. But it's but noble. is it working well enough, given this difficult challenge? And and Jonathan's point about this is novel, this is new. Give us some room for making mistakes and not assuming that we're after you. Everybody that is in politics, professionally or otherwise, is going to have people on this board that look out there and sympathize. They know about you. They know your position. They're not against you. There's someone there. And I think actually the people that are on this board aren't, they're not politicians. They're not, they don't have that kind of hostility to people. So my message would be, give us a chance, see what we're doing, and let us know. I'm at Cato Institute. Let me know if you think that I'm making a mistake or the board is made. Let us know what you think about the board. The feedback's important. Really appreciate that feedback. Extremely important. Jonathan, to close this out, what do you want uh, state legislators around the country to take home from our discussion today? I'm really going to echo what uh, John just said. It's give it some time. This is really kind of a, a first step for a big social media tech company. And they're trying to they're recognizing that they have a that they have a problem. We'll put it out. They have a problem, and that they've come up with this approach that they think will work for them. Wait and see how it works. If it works, it may be something other platforms emulate, or at the very least, the hope is that it gets other platforms to think of what mechanisms may work best for them. And ultimately, what it goes to show is that private industry, when confronted with a particular problem, 
we'll try to find a way to solve it without government interference. And that the way they solve it is going to be best for that particular industry or that particular company. And it's going to work far more effectively than any government solution. So the best thing we can do is to provide that feedback, is to help the companies spot problems, whether real or perceived, and then let them investigate whether that is a problem and to come up with a solution that works for them rather than a government one-size-fits-all approach. Well, at Alec, we are a solutions-first organization. We like to say that a lot. You've been listening to another episode of Alec Across the States. I've been your host, Dan Reynolds, sitting down talking about content moderation, especially when it comes to Facebook with Cato Vice President John Samples, just appointed to the new Facebook Oversight Board. John, thank you so much for calling in, giving us all your insightful commentary today. Thanks a lot, Dan. It's very good. And uh, let's see, maybe we'll come back to this uh, next year. And uh, let's see how people, what you're hearing. And I can talk more about how things are going. I uh, think we'd love that. And also, Alec, Director of the Communications and Technology Task Force, as well as the Homeland Security Task Force, Jonathan Howenschild. Thank you so much for calling in and helping uh, set up this great conversation today. My pleasure. Thanks, Jonathan. And if you're interested in having your idea featured on Across the States, do not hesitate to email us at acrossthestates at alec.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.